Welcome to Working From The Inside Out with Finesse Equestrian and your host, Ali O'Brien. Join us as we unpack the equestrian dream, talking to incredible riders, equine experts, and a few of our own tips too. Hi everyone, welcome back to Working From The Inside Out. It's been a little while since I did a podcast and in the meantime I have had a baby who is now nine weeks old and today I'm doing my first podcast again. I've been so excited to talk with Dale Logan from DL Equine and we're going to be chatting about nutrition and specifically springtime because here in New Zealand We've just hit spring and everybody kind of suffers a little bit with the sillies with their horses. So I thought it was a great time to be able to talk about this. So Dale, do you want to kick us off by introducing yourself and a little bit about what you do and um, maybe even about your own horse as well? Okay. Hi, everybody. Uh, Yeah, um, well, I am a horse nutritionist. Um, I run my own business. Uh, called DL Equine, um, and really, I guess uh, if you want to narrow down what I do, I create individually formulated diets per horse. Because I, uh, I have, I guess my business ethos is every horse is an individual, and um, and it's not actually that hard to um, work out an individual diet that suits your. Because every horse reacts differently um, to foodstuffs, just like people, really. So I do individual diets, um, and I help people out um, with horse um, issues, um, be they nutrition issues, really, nutrition-based issues. And I'm also an equine herbalist, um, which I gained some qualifications in that, so I do equine herbs as well, prescriptions, and, and individual prescriptions per horse, per issue. So, yeah, I guess in a nutshell, that's it. Yeah, so I have, uh, at present, uh, I'm a quarter horse lover, always have been, so, and I guess that's how I got to know you, Ali, is that mm-hmm. um, at present I have a quarter horse who is a rainer, who knows a lot more than I do about raining. And I have uh, two uh, P17, and I have two geriatrics on the property. (laughs) (laughs) Just keep me occupied and busy. (laughs) They do keep us busy. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. And everybody has different needs. And so, yes, I have a weenie little, what most people will call weenie, a 14-hand quarter horse who, um, if you know about quarter horses, I call them the Labradors of the horse world. Hmm. So he lives off the smell of an oily rag, and then I have two old ones, um, late 20s and a 31-year-old. Wow. Um, um, so, yeah, it's quite the difference. So the old boys get a lot more to eat <laughs> than the good horses. That is really interesting. Maybe um, after we've chatted about um, springtime stuff, if we get time, we could even have a talk about how you feed them differently as well because yeah. I can imagine that is a huge difference in um, – and a quarter horse who uh, lives on the rounder side of life. <laughs> and oldies where you're probably trying to keep weight on them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. No, it's always it's a constant balancing act. 
Yeah. yeah. Just when you think you've got everything right, the season will change on you or the weather will change or the grass will change. Yeah. So it is a constant balancing act. Yeah. Well, how lucky are they to have you? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so <I> tell them. <laughs> yeah. So let's start off by um, having a chat about springtime, and I'll let you kind of just lead the way because you are the brains in um, this situation. So, so okay. tell us all about it. Um. Yeah. Like in New Zealand, I think in New Zealand in particular. Uh, and and in some parts of Australia, I do have some clients in Australia, and um, you know I think this is such a different time of year because most of us, I would say, uh, on the in the North Island side of things, uh, have too much grass mm. and it's too green. And there are, but then you've got the other side of um, the coin where some people um, have not enough grass and. And then there's a huge um, shock to the system, really, of, of this grass coming up really green and uh, probably full of sugar yeah, right at this time of year. I mean, I'm looking outside now and our place is just green. Yeah. Um, so you've got a lot going on um, and there's a lot of things that can happen um, and sometimes they happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so you've got behavioural issues that happen, and um, I guess we could talk about that. There's um, horses can get a bit silly in their behaviour. Um, then you've got things happening in the grass, like you have uh, a high amount of sugar coming through mm-hmm. in spring, and uh, you can also have then on top of that to make things even harder for everybody. In New Zealand in particular, we seem to have, um, in, not in every area, I'm not saying it's in every area, but we, in general you can have things like low magnesium, low mag, um, potass- or high mag- potassium and low magnesium. Uh-huh. So those add, add all up together, can affect your horse's behaviour, and then I think, if you think overall, also on top of that, we have metabolic issues in many, many horses now. The research sort of that's coming out now says that over 80% of our uh, sort of more pony breeds and, and other horse uh, breeds have metabolic problems, which uh, most people, I guess, these days have heard about um, laminitis, and Cushing's and um, equine metabolic syndromes, they call it. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, you can often get laminitis. And it does seem to be worse at this time of year because of the sugar in the grass. Right. So, um, yeah, I guess um, there's a huge range of things to deal with. Um, but the top of the list would be um, the sugar in the grass and if you have a horse that you you may not even know has a metabolic syndrome because literally over 80% of um, our horses are getting these things now. At the end of the day, what it causes, in a, uh, there's two areas um, of these metabolic syndromes. I guess there's 
um, Cushing's, well, what you, really what you, a lot of people have heard Cushing's. I grew up hearing about this Cushing syndrome that's um, also called PPID uh, mm. for short. That's when you get um, an area of the brain like the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland, you know, if we really want to get into the science of it. They're not talking together properly. They're not communicating properly, and you get this hormone produced um, ACTH, and it, it, and it it overproduces it and there's nothing to sort of slow it down and and that causes um when you see those pictures on the internet or you may even know of some ponies and they have that really long hair yeah. and they don't shed it properly and you get sort of muscle wasting and mm-hmm. um, they get um, behavior changes like um they seem quite quiet um they don't speak properly as a result of that you can get them being, um, in turn, they can become a bit insulin resistant or let's say more sensitive to insulin. Right. Um, And then they get more sensitive to um, sugar in the grass. So is that... all that, you can get laminitis. Right. And is that brought on by the Cushing's? Is that brought on by springtime things or is Cushing's already there and it's worsened in springtime? Yeah, it'll already be there. Right. Um, it's already there. And there's this, um, I mean, there's research coming out all the time. Um, and yeah, I think most of us used to think, oh, the grass caused it, but mm-hmm. it, it doesn't. It, it laminitis. Um, can be caused, uh, can be a, a symptom of PPID and it can come at any time. For New Zealanders, it seems, and horse owners, it will come at, you will see the symptom of Cushing's uh, PPID at times where you potentially have more sugar in the grass because they become, um, you can have PPID without being insulin sensitive, but often you'll get both together. Right. So what can um, a person do to help their horse if they've got a horse that has Cushing's or PPID? Um, what can they do in, at this time of year to stop um, the laminitis from happening and seeing the negative uh, effects from springtime before it's too late? Yeah. Well, the first thing I do is get a blood test from your vet. Mm-hmm. Vets can um, test for PPID. Um, they test for this hormone called ACTH levels. Um, so then you know what you're working with. Now, to test for insulin dysregulation or insulin resistance is a little bit harder. And as I say, you can have PPID and you can have this thing called insulin dysregulation where literally what happens is you, you're horse becomes very sensitive to insulin and um, that gets too much in the bloodstream. Mm-hmm. And then that causes um, problems like laminitis because um, it actually uh, goes down to the hoof where the laminae are and, and it, um, it causes uh, the laminae to, uh, it really causes constriction, vasoconstriction in the hoof. And that's right. when you get all these problems, and then you get any sensitivity. They think that the grass sugar causes this sensitivity, and then you get laminitis. So, to answer your question, to, to cycle back, get a blood test first so you know if you're dealing with 
actual dealing with PPID. Right. If you're not, unless your horse is um, really in quite um, um, medium to heavy work and really needs a lot of feed, or even then be very careful about wheat feeding. So, you know, the easiest thing would to, to say would be also get a pasture test. But, that, you know, that's not um, a simple thing for everybody, but that can be a really great start. Um, get a pasture test and see how much sugar you actually have got in your grass. Now, mm. uh, there's, there's a bit of a myth that goes around that it's all about the sugar called fructin in your grass. It's not actually that. Um, huh. It's actually this other type of sugar called um, EEC, um, carbohydrates. Right. Yeah, it, it, it is a sugar, but it's, it's not actually the fructin content. Um, there's a bit of a myth with few ones out there that, that um, I would say go go do a bit more research, go read it up. It's not actually fructin in the grass, however it is sugar. Mm-hmm. So for me, I say the first thing is to restrict grass. If you, I'm not um, saying that everybody should take their horses off grass all the time. That's that's you know that's really not going to be a doable for most people or b suit um, the horse. But okay. restricting the grass for me personally, I, I like for my cool horse. He's always on a um, track system where I have um, tape up, electric tape and tape gets moved and he ends up on this track so he has to um, sort of walk around. He doesn't have huge free access to grass as mm-hmm. much as he wants. Um, and then um, it's about getting the gut and the, and the bugs in the gut um, working properly and the best way to do that is to pile in the fibre. Okay. So um, hay, chaff, um and, uh, you know, uh, there's, there's, in New Zealand, we're really lucky, actually. We have meadow chaff, um, which suits most horses. Some horses do uh, and do well on lucerne chaff. Other horses, that makes them go a bit loopy because of the higher energy sugar content. Mm-hmm. Um, so watch out for your type of chaff. But really, you're wanting to restrict the grass, put in as much fibre as possible into the diet. So hay. Yeah, super fibres, they call them like beet pulp, sugar beet pulp. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a funny name and most people, it's, it's so silly the way that, yeah, sugar beet pulp, it's not actually sugar, it is uh, fibre and energy. Um, it goes through a process where yeah, they extract the sugar from the sugar beet and you're left with the fibre bit. So that's really great. Um, beet pulp, um, um, soil holes. Are another super fiber. Ah. Uh, so, uh, and if you do have, um, do have laminitis, then you know um, you want to be feeding. You know, I would feed any other things like flaxseed oil um, because that's um, a great way to. Be able to add more to the diet if you are riding, um, but it's a cool energy, so to speak, because it's oil and it's also got your omegas in it, which uh, omega three and six, which is really super necessary for all sorts of things, but it helps with inflammation. Ah, so, uh, that is um, those are kind of my go tos as well. I mean, these are what these are things that I feed my own horses. 
And these are all, um, it all sounds like simple, like there's no, it's not fancy in a way, is it? Right. Um, I guess myself, like, yeah, I've been a horse nutritionist since I guess I came out of university, but I did it for a while and then I, I worked for a horse feed supplement company and then I, I went and did um, another job and trained dogs actually to get handling for a while and then I... I came back to this horse nutrition and for me it's about, you know, there's so much information out there and there's so many fancy labels and there's a lot of fancy claims and there's a lot of people on the internet and and, and you, everybody wants to do their best for their horses but I and but it we it's a human nature thing to get stuck on the fanciest thing out and the fanciest label or your neighbour says they're feeding that so you should feed it. Mm-hmm. Um, without really knowing the science behind it. But, you know, I, I want it to be simple for people. It doesn't always have to be really difficult. Yes. I try and explain things in as simple way as possible. Get the gut going properly. Put lots of fibre in there so your microbes are happy um, and are stuck to grass. And, um, you know, you're giving your, your horse the best chance possible of... Um, of not getting things like laminitis. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And um, one of the things that I you asked me about before, I do feed um, I do feed a probiotic, um, and um, I I know there's not if you look into the research, there's not a lot of research there that really really proves it in horses. However, I think most of us nutritionists now think well. It, it's a cover your bases. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes sense to me, and I have seen, um, and especially in cases where you've got things going wrong in the gut that cause other issues, like laminitis and colic and um, things going on with grass. I always feed a probiotic. I think um, in many cases it, it really, really helps, um, and it's a cover my bases. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I guess it, it's the same for people, isn't it? Gut health is so important. Well, I think so, yeah. To me, that makes sense. And um, I mean, it's not a, it's and a probiotic is definitely not something that could harm them. So mm-hmm. I'd really recommend it, yeah. Something like Equibro. Yep. Yeah. I always use that. In fact, I have a lot of people in Australia that um, are dying to have it over here. Oh. Yeah. We might have to tell um, the team at Equibrew then to to get it on shelves over there. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so what about um, toxin binders? Can you talk to uh, us about right. that? Because I know yeah. it's a big topic, especially yeah. right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, you could, we could talk about grass and the effects and the problems all day long, couldn't you? Um with horses and especially in the spring. So, yeah, so you've got this other thing going on. Um, and, and it always is a balancing act and, and something I say to people regularly, I think, we're human and we all get used to going, okay, so this is what I feed my horse, so I just feed that every day for the rest of its life. Mm-hmm. Really, if there's one piece of advice I can give you, it's, it's change what you're feeding and the amounts you're feeding dependent on how much grass they're getting and how much exercise they're getting and, and whatever else is going on. So, um, um, yeah, when it comes to spring, you can get 
a lot of people use this term and it comes across all the time. I think it's a New Zealand thing. I've got a grass-affected horse. <laughs> you hear that. That's something I hear all the time. And I say to people, what do you mean by that? Oh. Um, grass-affected seems a term that we like to pass around in New Zealand and it covers so many different things. Yes. Uh, and I say to people, if you're thinking about to cover your ears for grass-affectedness, do you mean it's got silly? Most people think and immediately go, oh, I need a toxin binder. Mm -hmm. Toxin binders are great, but their purpose is, is for one thing, and that's to mop up toxins that are going through the horse's body and take them out the other end so they don't affect the horse. Right. The only real toxin that I can think of that a toxin binder will bind to is ryegrass toxins. Mm. So you have to be really sit down and think, have I had my grass tested? Do I have ryegrass? If I have ryegrass, then use a toxin binder. On top of that, there's a few different products out there and not all of them work to bind up this toxin that's in ryegrass. The one that does work is um, a yeast-based binder. So have a look at the label. Read labels. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of different types of toxin binders out there and the one that um, binds up this toxin from ryegrass um, oh, sorry, is, isn't the one, I apologise, isn't the one that's picked up by the yeast-based binder. So don't get the yeast-based binder. Get these, these two different types. There's mineral clay ones. And you'll see that. It'll say something like bentonite. Okay. And then there's yeast-type binders. Though the bentonite ones will bind the, the ryegrass or the leech from beef fungi. Now, okay. if your horse has got toxins from ryegrass, yeah, the symptoms can be similar, you know, they get they get a bit um um bit silly, um they can shy and and I'll be overreactive. Mm -hmm. But usually pretty quickly they'll actually be quite sick. So most people have horses that aren't reacting to fungi, they're reacting to low magnesium. Low magnesium, right? Really, what they mean by grass Uh huh. So there's two things that we're so so the the symptoms are similar, but it could either be that they're um they've got the ryegrass toxins or that they're low in magnesium. Yeah. Uh huh. So yeah, yeah. How do we tell the difference uh, by doing the soil well, test? I mean, my advice is get to know what ryegrass looks like. Um, go out, get, look it up on Google um, and go out into your paddocks and, um, and you know, take, that, take your phone out and compare, do I have actually ryegrass in my paddocks? Mm -hmm. If you don't, it's not likely to be ryegrass toxicity. It's more likely to be a magnesium deficiency and, um, and add some magnesium to the diet. Um, uh -huh. So, yeah, because people talk about, um, they could talk about staggers, but then there's magnesium staggers and rotor staggers. So, um, I mean, that's, if you catch them at the first stage and you've just got a horse that's um, shying and being a bit silly and it's spring and you look at the grass and go, yeah, well, that's spring, 
Um, yeah. And I would be inclined to look up, see if I actually have ryegrass in my pasture. Um, and if I don't, then um, I'd be adding some magnesium to the diet. Right. And you also talked about, it was was it high potassium? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You can get um, both of these in New Zealand. So, um, and they work, you know, and all the minerals, the, the thing about it is don't, don't waste your money waste by going out and buying things and, and just, you know, throwing it all in the diet. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, um, I'd be getting a, a good uh, balancer, um, a vitamin mineral balance, um, and then you may need some more magnesium on top of it um, at this time of year. But then, you, you know, don't continue that on forever in a day because you have to be really careful not to uh, – vitamins and minerals are all meant to be in balance in the horse's body and you can really tip that out of balance. If you feed too much of a mineral, usually what happens is it'll bind up something else and, that you will, and you'll get this imbalance. Mm. But at this time of year, definitely recommend go for that um, – a bit more magnesium. Um Vitamin B, and there's really simple ways of getting more vitamin B that aren't expensive. Okay. Uh, you know, like you can have it on a vitamin mineral um, powder or palette, mm-hmm. and then you can, but you can buy things like brewer's yeast. Aha, uh-huh, yes. Which is really cheap. It's really, one of those things that's really uh, easy for a horse to digest. Um, and it also has things like, actually, it has things like chromium in it, which um, there's a little bit of research coming through that, that chromium can help with your insulin dysfunction and things like that. So, yeah, you're sort of getting fancy buff there. Yeah, that is fantastic. Wow, that's so interesting. That has totally, I've learned something today because I just <laughs> thought that it's springtime, I've got to race out and buy some toxin binders because right now my pony is like leaping sideways at his own farts and (laughs) (laughs) so and and I just totally thought that it was toxins that he was reacting to but now I have to go out and have a look in my paddock and see what we have and do we have um, the ryegrass or is it that he um, is low in magnesium and I need to be topping that up? Yeah, yeah. I'll um, I'll try and um, just grab some Google pictures and post them on um, your site and mine of of ryegrass so people can have a look at it. That would be awesome. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's the simplest way because literally, I mean, you can get toxins and fungi and other things, but Really, um, it's probably going to be ryegrass and this fungi, lilitrum, um, B. And if it's not that, you don't need a toxin binder that binds up toxins. It's not going to do anything. It won't hurt them. Mm. It'll hurt your wallet. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're really expensive. Yeah. So, <laughs> at the end of the day, do a little bit of research and, and, and just spend your money on the right thing. Yeah. Mm. 
Mm, that's awesome. And so then with the extra sugar in the grass at this time, will we mm. see that as um, higher energy or, or what sort of signs would we see yeah. if, if so, they're consuming yeah, too much sugar? The horse, um, I mean, you can get laminitis uh, from horses who um, aren't don't have metabolic syndrome and they can get uh, laminitis from a really um, high sugar, but it's it's not that common. Usually it's from uh, a high intake of grain feeds. Right. Um, and it, it spills over into the hind gut. That is, but it's much, much less common than what you sort of ordinarily think. But you can, yeah, so you, you can get laminitis. Um, at this time of year, it seems more common, and actually in the autumn. Right. Autumn laminitis is usually with a horse that has PPID. That's when you'll see it. Mm. I have a few clients, and they have to watch out. And I've had it myself in horses. And when I started really researching into it as a nutritionist, I've had the horses with laminitis myself. You know, we... Yeah, as much as you um, think you're always doing the right thing and you care about your horse, you, you can always get these sort of issues. So, you know, um, be, have a bit of a read and become more aware of what's happening. Yeah. And, yeah, try and get on to things quickly before you get this flush. Yes, cool. And so I know you mentioned when we were chatting before we um, got on the podcast um you talked about ulcers as well. Is that linked up to this time of year? Um, yeah, I think it possibly can be. Um, yeah, we, I know that, um, to be fair, most of my clients, you know, most of us these days seem to have horses that are too overweight and you have to watch them all the time um, and, you know, measure out every blade of grass they're eating. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and we tend to forget about those people who do have horses who have um, other issues, ulcers or are in heavy work and it's hard to put weight on them. So ulcers, um, they are way more prevalent than most people think. Again, sport horses and um, racehorses and ex-racehorses, you're looking at something like 70% of them have got ulcers. Wow. And you wouldn't even know unless you vet scoped for them, but they can... Um, you know, find it hard to put on weight. Um, again, I guess behaviour changes, goofy, nervous, um, you know, it become really difficult to deal with. So, um, again, back to the gut. It always starts with the gut or the horse, really. You get the, yes. You're trying to get that gut happy and those microbes happy in the gut. So... Um, you know, there's different things to do uh, to feed with a horse with ulcer issues, but um, my go-to to start with is uh, feeds that are very easy to digest. Um, mm. And um, again, lots of fibre, your super fibres, your beet pulp, um, chaff and hay, flaxseed oils, um, a favourite of mine is going right back to a really natural, easy-to-digest product that puts on weight would be cooked French white millet and linseed. Yep. You know, um, these these are easy to digest, to put on weight. Soya. Um, soya bean is, um, is fantastic for putting on weight and not causing um, 
issues with insulin regulation or resistance in the horse. So soya is like an amazing product because it's got um, one of the best ranges and values of good amino acids in there. Mm. Amino acids are used for just about everywhere in the horse's body. But in particular, there's like essential ones that the horse needs. And um, soya seems to have the, um, a great range of these essential amino acids, and that helps in building muscle and putting weight on. So, um, yeah, I'd be going to fiber and soya, cooked French white millet and linseed, and topping up with um, things like flaxseed oil, which also has, you know, your omegas in it and good, um, easy-to-digest fats. Mm, that um, is awesome. On the, oh, and I mean, I guess, you know, and, and lots of people use other things like, you know, your Fiber Easy products and Baylage, things like that. Yeah. Um, those are, are really good and easy to digest lots of fiber, but also have energy. And it's about, you know, if your horse is thin, I know we've talked about this, it's a human nature thing. We all want our horses to look good and we don't, we, we all hate to think that they're thin um, and losing weight and looking like SPCA cases. But uh, if you have a thin horse, just like a fat horse, it's the same deal. Put weight on slowly and take weight off slowly. Um, you don't want to shock the body because uh, that will cause a whole lot of problems. So, um, yeah, it's about putting on weight slowly with these things and, um, yeah, adding things like brewer's yeast, um, always needing, you know, your salt. Um, we forget about salt, I think, in New Zealand, I think probably because we have such wet winters and you kind of, and it's a bit of a thing where we think, oh, well, horse doesn't need salt because it's not hot and it's not sunny out there. Yeah. Most of the time you, you'll find that your horse always needs a bit of salt, obviously a lot more when it comes to summer. Mm, yeah, because it is it is so thought of as um, being a summertime thing, yeah. especially yeah. if you're riding lots and your horse is sweating lots, but yeah. not the case. No. And, I mean, how many of us have been out in the winter and thought, mm, it's a rotten day, but you go out and actual fact your horse is quite warm under that cover. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because you're cold doesn't necessarily mean your horse is cold. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed we have um, uh, salt licks hanging in the stables, and um, every time we bring the horses in, they love to, even in wintertime, <laughs> they love to be yeah. licking those salt licks. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, some herbal things that I would say for ulcers. Um, Chamomile, and actually chamomile for um, actually for springtime as well. I always throw in chamomile and magnesium because chamomile. Um, I think most of us know most of us will have go and have a chamomile tea. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I always um, I do sometimes sit back and, and think about things, and I think about my business. And I think oh, a lot of people, more of us are getting into the herbs and things like that these days. And, and, um, and, and totally, you know, believing in it and how it works. And in my mind, like, I'm a scientist. I come from, you know, Massey University and, and a scientific background. And to me, though, when I went into the herbs, I, want, I looked at the science of it. 
and, and I think about why do they work so well? They do work so well because a horse is basically a herbivore and these are plants. Mm. So in my mind, that's why they work so well. The horse can digest them and, and they work really great. I will say use liquid herbs. Yeah, except for things like, you know, I'd feed a cup of dried chamomile flowers in the feed every day. Right. Um, particularly over you know times like spring, or if you've got a horse with ulcers or anything like that. Um, but um, otherwise, I'd be looking at, at liquid, liquid-based herbs because they're absorbed into the bloodstream a lot quicker. Ah, uh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, that is so um, cool. Wow. My brain is like <laughs> trying to process all of this. Yes. And especially, I guess, when uh, for our domestic horses, we sort of have to provide these things for them because they're not able to get it like they would have been, I guess, in the wild. Or um, So so it's important that we really take care of our horse's nutrition. And how regularly do you think um, somebody should be sort of like changing or updating, thinking about updating their horse's diet? Is it seasonal? Is it to do with work or kind of all of all of those different things? Yeah, I think it's all of them. Um, so, yeah, I would – it may not be a matter of not feeding something. It might be, but it may – usually it's just a matter of cutting down things. So, And it, it, it's not that hard. And uh, the, my biggest advice, um, and I jump up and down about it, it's my <laughs> weigh your feeds. Mm-hmm. Way no, because a handful of this uh, is very different to a handful of that in comparison to you know to how much energy it's got or how many vitamins and minerals you're giving. Weigh your feeds, and it sounds like a really big thing, but honestly, you only have to do it like a couple of times a year, and and you put a mark on us. Take your kitchen scales out to the stable. Weigh your feeds. Put a mark on the on the scoop so you know. Um, and then you know how much you're feeding, and then you know, you know, so when it comes to winter, you might have to up things like fibre and mm-hmm. higher chart. Um, when it comes to spring, again, you might have to up to chart, <laughs> but you might cut back on any sort of um, hard feeds. Right, um, because of the sugar? So, um, yeah, I mean, depending on the work your horse is doing, you know, do you, do you just feed, you know, like my boy, he's actually not doing much. It's been raining and raining and raining and raining. So, mm-hmm. um, but it's warmed up and the grass is coming through. So, you know, he just gets stuff and, um, and equally brew. And um, I am a lover of brew tips and, um, Brewers yeast, you know, these things are really easy, but they don't heat him up, they don't make him silly, and I, you know, when he starts to work more in the summer, then he can have a bit more of something with more protein in it, but right now, he doesn't really need it. I think we tend to, except for those of you, you know, with, with um, you know, like thoroughbreds or, or warm bloods that are a bit um, hard to keep that weight on, 
most of the rest of us probably overfeed, and I have been guilty of that myself in the past. So, yeah, change your diet, look at it. Well, let's look at it. Take measurements and weigh, get the weight of your horse. Do that every, you know, every three or four months, because that's literally when the season's changing in New Zealand, about every three or four months your grass will be changing. Mm, except for winter, that feels like six months. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I'm, for me up here, I'm in South Auckland, um, rural Auckland, and for me, it was a really easy winter. It was. It wasn't too bad at all, was it? Oh, and we all got sucked into going, woohoo, this is all right, <laughs> and then spring hit. Yeah. 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 And then it's like not stopped raining. <laughs> oh, I'm hanging out like when, like right now. Actually, I can see a bit of blue peeking through, and Ooh, I'm like, "Yay, <laughs> stay, stay right yeah. there!" <laughs> and to be fair, a shout out to our friends in Australia. You know, that is hard over there. Mm-hmm. I went to Australia this year and myself, and thought my horses would die if hmm. they had to live over here. You know, there's just not a blade of grass to be seen. So I really, um, I, you know, I empathise so much. And, and and when feed gets expensive, yeah. it's hard. So, you know, just, just try, um, look at these things that are easy to consume, easy for the horse um, to get its nutrients out of um, without reacting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, and, and yeah, back to your question, look at your horse's diet whenever you're increasing or decreasing exercise. Look at your horse's diet if you're increasing, decreasing grass growth. Um, and take some measure, get a weight tape or um, if just anybody that's listening to the podcast, I have an app that I can calculate horse's weight from. Um, I can't remember what it is right now, but if anyone listens to the podcast, Free, uh, if you send your horses, send your name to me and I'll tell you what measurements to take and I'll, I'll calculate your horse's weight for you. Mm, that would be awesome. That uh, is a lot easier than going to the vet clinic and getting them weighed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have tapes out there, but, yeah, I, I, no, I mean, they're okay. If that's better than nothing, at least you'll be consistent if you have a tape. But um, if you don't have a tape, I'll send you your measurements and... Um, and I'll calculate it for you. Yeah, there are some good apps out there, that, but you know, not all of them are free, of course. So, yeah, I'm happy to do that. Awesome, thank you, Dale. So we have kind of we had a few questions online. Um, one of them was what to do for weight gain, and I guess we've sort of addressed that, haven't we? Mm. Yeah. Um, so get the gut working properly. I use a probiotic. I would recommend that. Um, get Use your super fibers and like beet pulp and chaff and you're looking for more protein. It must be the right protein that has the right amino acids in it like soybean, um, things like that. Yeah. Right, yep. And then um, another question was about um, worried about weight gain. Uh, Should you still feed hay to balance grass change and richness? Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, cut back on the grass and to keep the gut going. Oh, apologies. That's um, right. To keep the gut going properly, 
on and absorbing properly. Um, yep, you're always needing that fibre to go through. So, um, yep, definitely keep going with your hay. Yeah, and, but don't just um, cut back their grass so that they're living on a dirt patch. <laughs> they still need they still need fibre so, going through. Yeah. I mean, some people, to be fair, have um, have issues uh, and and have even taken their horses off into what what you would term a dry lot. But be very careful that you have everything else you or still need in your horse's diet and make sure it's balanced. Go to a nutritionist and get um, your horse's diet balanced. On the, I mean, on the other side of that too, is you have to be very careful with um, with your horse's um, state of mind. Mm. And I think you know that really comes into it. Um, and sometimes I think we can probably blame um, the horse for having a bad attitude, which you know, they're not... You know, it's all um, like what you do, Ali, and, and their behaviour. Sometimes it can come back to when they're feeling happy and you have to be balancing that diet, but also thinking about the happiness. Um, you know, if you have to lock them up at all, make sure they've got some hay and, and can they see their mates still? Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. We've got a um, pony here and he uh, is one that has laminitis and um, he was kept in a stable all the time um, prior to him coming here and he was just the most saddest little pony and yeah and now that he he lives on a hill now so he's working there's roughage he's got a buddy and he's just the most happiest pony and um, we're not having to deal with the laminitis yeah yeah, I mean, there are, you, sometimes it takes a bit of work, um, but yeah, there are things you can do um, to make your pony happy, but keep its diet low as well. Hills, awesome. Yeah, I'd like more hills. <laughs> yep. Brand. Yeah. They're not so fun when you have to walk up and down them, but <laughs> but they're really good for the horses. You come to me, pony. I'm not <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Um, so we had, where is it? Um, one from Katie and she said, um, do you have any recommend, recommendations on what grass seeds to sow in drier areas for easy keeper types? So I know, um, she's down in Wanaka, um, mm. and it's quite dry down there yeah. and yeah. yeah, her horses are easy, more easy keeper types. So, um, yeah. What do you yeah. recommend for that situation? Um, we have, um, like I've done it myself in our property where we sowed with um, horse-friendly grass seed. Now, um, there, you know, there's quite a few companies uh, out there um, that literally will, uh, you know, they have grass seed that's bagged up that says horse-friendly species. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the ones that come to mind for me are brown top. Coxfoot, Yorkshire Fog, Prairie Grass, Timothy. Um, those are really horse-friendly grasses. And I, I mean, I'm not an expert by any means on really what grows where, but I think they'll probably grow quite well down in Monica. But um, go to your, your RD1s and all your, your agricultural places and see um, if they've got 
many places sell literally grass feed that's friendly for horses and those are yeah those are the types of species that you want um you know a lot of us steer away from clover um, and ryegrass obviously and but sometimes you don't have that option but if you do it's awesome to be able to re-sow with some friendly more friendly horse grass yeah yeah so you don't have to worry so much then yeah that's awesome um and then our last question was about um what signs to watch for if your horse starts to get affected which i think we probably covered in the start didn't we when we talked about the difference between magnesium and um and toxins Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it usually comes down to you start to notice a bit of behavior quite suddenly you sort of look at you know, the horses are on the grass all the time and, and and they're the ones that sort of get the new shoots coming through before you even realise half the time that they've got it. So, And I, I'll note there that horses can have laminitis low grade and they're not lame. So sometimes you can't even pick it up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, this time of year for most of us, but really having a check and getting on to cutting back the grass and um, and and getting that hay in there as soon as, or before you start to see the behaviour changes. But of course, that horses are horses, and sometimes it, all of a sudden it feels like it's come out of the blue, and all of a sudden they've showed it a trough that they've seen fifty thousand times. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so any sort of nervy issues, changes in behaviour, get onto that before you literally see any signs of lameness. Um, Laminitis can be hard to spot in some horses. Um, you might be, they might not act lame, they might just act a little short in their gait. The best thing to do is to trot in a circle and get someone else to watch or them to do it and you watch. And if you see, even video it, and if you see any shit dried, you're going to catch it if they're in a circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Yes. Well, thank you so much for all of that information. We're, I was just looking at the time. We're, we're coming up to we're at 49 minutes. It's crazy. It goes so fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we've just delved into one part. Yeah, of course. I wanted to just um, do some quick fire questions with you, if that's all right. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, so tell us, what is your favourite book? It doesn't have to be horsey, it can be anything, maybe one that you recommend to people? Um, in terms of, um, there's all sorts of good nutrition people out there, Juliet Getty, um, um, for herbs, Victoria Ferguson's book. Um, uh, uh, for you know, um, John Conkey from Australia. He's someone I started reading for twenty-five years ago. Wow. He has written some books on feeding horses um, and nutrition for, particularly for New Zealand and Australian conditions. So. Um, that would be perfect. Great. Yeah. Awesome. Um, 
Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, your most useful product under one hundred dollars. Mm. Um, I'm going to go with um, Devil's Claw and Meadows Tweet for um, pain relief to have in your um, in your first aid kit. That, and of course, obviously, that's one of my products that I make up. So, um, cool. Yeah, um, I definitely uh, have that. I make it up myself, and also, yeah, obviously, sell it. So, that's um, fantastic. I'm going to go with that and. You know, I think for probably, and it's not, I don't sell it, and I, I stay away from, um, I try and not to tell people particular brands, but I will say, I really believe uh, that I've seen a difference in my own horses, and I like the probiotic EquiGrow, and, mm. you know, if you're covering yourself and, and trying to feed those microbes in the gut, feed a probiotic EquiGrow, I think it's one. It's also got some science to back it up, which is why I like it. Yeah, we like science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um where can people find you online? Um, I, I wanted to say, like, I, I, I've i done some work with you and um, the reason why I decided, and I'd never really thought about talking to a horse nutritionist before because I kind of just thought, like, well, you just buy the feed from the shop and chuck it into them. And then I got a, uh, a big warm blood who's been really tricky to – keep weight on and um I've always had horses who are probably on the other side that are easy keepers and I thought well what's the point in spending heaps and heaps of money on feeds when I don't even know if it's the right thing to be putting into them so that was kind of why I um decided to come to you for some help but um if there's other people that like me would rather not waste their money on thing on <laughs> all sorts of yeah. things that might not even be working um <laughs> where can they find you okay so uh i'm on facebook um do lots you know, i have a facebook site dl equine uh nutrition herb mm-hmm. um on facebook awesome and um i have a website dlequine.co.nz perfect and if you want to email me uh, info at dlequine.co.nz great thank you very much and um, I will attach those in our link as well um, then to wrap up what does working from the inside out mean to you since that is the name of our podcast <laughs> It means uh, working from the gut outwards. Seeing <laughs> <laughs> as we're talking about nutrition today, yeah. Um, for me, I've gone, I've gone. Yeah, you know, I had the horse that uh, we're dealing with that you've always helped me with that I got a couple of years ago. Um, I um, I put him on obviously different diet, and his um, coat and hooves have improved dramatically. Um, and then there's the behaviour side, and working from the inside out, behaviour-wise, has just been such an eye-opener and a journey and awesome for both of us. So, And that's where um, you've helped me so much and just that, yeah, achieving that, that um, peace and mm. happiness on the, on the inside to 
and that then translates to the outside and working and doing whatever you want to do and just enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and being patient while I fitted things in around my no baby's worries. sleep time. <laughs> we you want to be part of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool stuff. Well, hopefully we can chat again soon. I'm sure there'll be other topics that we can delve into. And um, yeah, thanks, Dale. Well, great. Thanks very much. This podcast was proudly brought to you by Finesse Equestrian. For free videos and articles, head on over to finesseequestrian.com. You can also find me on Facebook or YouTube under Finesse Equestrian Training or on Instagram under Ali A. O'Brien. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe so you are the first to listen in, to screenshot and share on social media, and rate and leave us a review so you can do your part in helping us to reach more horses and people.